I'm calling Ben. And I'm calling Ben using a device called a telephone because that's how I can talk to Ben even though he's very far away from me. Miles and miles away from me. It's true. We used to live in the same city and even then we'd be sometimes too far away to talk to each other without using this device known as the telephone. And that was pretty cool. Hey, Ben Lawrence, how are you, sir? Good, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. Just okay? Um, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, I'm doing fine. How are your batteries doing? Uh, my batteries are fully charged, my good sir. Hooray! Yes, yes, I, I did my best. All right. This time. I know, I know all uh -huh. of our listeners were worried. Well, if they weren't, they should be. Because <laughs> you never know. Well, they should be worried for a lot of other reasons than, uh, you know, whether or not your batteries are fully charged. <laughs> true, true. Um, hey, speaking of which, I have not been on Twitter since we last talked. Oh, are you? Uh, are so you? I don't. Are you taking another Twitter yeah. sabbatical? Exactly. Yes, because I am learning programming. So for, for computers, for all of you listeners who had uh, who took the uh, took the under on six months until Paul quit Twitter again, you win. Hey, wait a second. Uh, the under means it doesn't happen. The under means it took less than six months. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I'm, if... I've not, I've not been counting. I'm just assuming it's been less than six months since you oh, came back. Oh, definitely it has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're learning And that's the you're, thing is... You're learning coding. Yeah. I mean, I already know some coding, but not uh, <laughs> not as much. I know the broad principles. I don't know the specific languages, so I'm learning stuff about the specific right. languages. Cool. Um, specifically for test automation. Ah. Um, basically uh, using... Uh, this thing called Cucumber and Java and uh, this thing called Selenium WebDriver and all this stuff um, as a means to to test programs that other people write. Yeah. Just the general basics. It's a skill set that uh, all the good QA people know. And so I am making myself marketable. You should... Uh... And one of the... You should probably yes. talk to McCandless because that's what he does for a living, I believe. He automates tests. Wait, he... Wait are you serious? I am very. If I if I have any idea of what he does, I mean, every time he's spoken oh to me about gosh, his am... work, that's that's what he does. Is he he writes tests to automate processes, or he he oh writes processes gosh. to automate tests, one or the other. Well, that is that I you know I've never actually fully. This is something that uh, my wife Jennifer Pratt, also known as Jennifer Fact Checker, uh, sometimes gets on me about. I don't know enough about my friends, like <laughs> enough uh, of their personal lives and things like that. Although with Stephen McCandless, not knowing a lot about his personal life is actually maybe one of the most friendly things you can do <laughs> for him. Uh, but but well, that's interesting. Um, I'm slowly becoming Stephen. <laughs> not not entirely, but but at least I'll be able to understand uh, some of the stuff that he's talking about. I tried to uh, I tried to teach myself Swift, which is the uh, yeah. iOS language, because I thought, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I might want to write some mobile apps, and uh, realized yeah. that uh, I just didn't have the passion for it. Ah, uh, well, that is a thing. I didn't have the yeah. passion to to write apps, and I once I thought about it, I just. The only reason I it, I got a, a you know a bug in my ear to to write a mobile app is because I thought well maybe I will write a game and and it'll make money and I want it to work yeah <laughs> but it's hard to do that when you, you a you don't have any ideas for a good game and b you don't know how to do it and c you're not really interested in learning yeah a, a good friend of mine uh, once said do you want to be this is the thing about programming right. He was like, do you want to be the guy who makes the tools or do you want to be the guy that uses the tools? Right. And his point was, was, and this is very true, right? Like, you don't have to make Final Cut Pro. Right. 
somebody else makes it and then you use it you yeah. know it's same kind of thing and that's uh, sort of that's with- what i've been doing i thought well you know I, I i uh i have this thing that i like doing that i know how to do really well so why not just focus on that and keep going in that direction instead of trying to yeah. do that thing that people in their 40s do which is switch careers completely uh yeah i'm hoping not to do that well i mean <laughs> i guess i am sort of doing it with learning programming but i'm not yeah. because i'm still in the same career this is just a, and that's that's sort of what I what I advocate. Um, f- figure out what you're already doing, and if you want to do something different, find like a, a skill adjacent to the one that you already have. Yeah. Like like in in any video game, Ben, you have the the progression tree, and you got to get this before you do this, and you can jump to another section, but why do that? Right. <laughs> and plus, like I said, getting old, getting older, um, it is interesting. Uh, once once I got to 45, I was like, oh, man, I am, I am at the top end now of the film and movie star ages. You know what I mean? Like, like you have the legends who are still working and all that, but all the new people who kind of get on yeah. the scene, they're pretty old now. And again, older than most cops, which is always weird. Older than who? Most cops. Oh, most cops. Yeah. I, you know, realized I was older when I uh, became older uh, than the head coaches of May of pro football teams. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a good example. And there, um, it's oh. a, that's actually a trend that is the, uh, an interesting trend happening right now because the, uh, the youngest head coach is uh, Sean McVay. He coaches the Los Angeles Rams. He's 32. And he's in his... Uh-huh. He's like in his third year, so he's been the head coach since he was 30. And they're, they're top of the division. They're probably going to the Super Bowl. So all these teams are now hiring uh, like coaches that are in their early 30s. Uh-huh. Which has just been an interesting trend in uh, in the pro Take football that, world. old people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's fine. More power to them and all that. I, again, I am, I am totally, uh, not happy with, but totally on board with the idea that in many cultures I'd be dead by now. (laughs) It's an interesting thing to think about. And again, you know, reducing the scope of, uh, of what a life is to a day and every morning that you wake up, you're like, okay, this is another iteration of the day, my favorite time period. And then you go to sleep and you do it again. And that way, when people say, how old are you? You're like, ah, yeah, let me think about that. Because you've been in your day idea. I've been this many days. I'm this many days old. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, uh, how, how are things in Seattle? It snowed here. It's in snow. Illinois. Oh, yeah. It's uh, lots I, of snow. You know, it's funny. We've had uh, we've had a pretty dry January so far, um, and I think I saw, I think I saw a headline recently that said that we've had the warmest January that we've had in quite some time. Which oh, which how, sort of uh, what? It's not been that warm, which is why it kind of took me aback because it's like I've been cold lately, and so I'm like, this is a warm month. I mean, I would just it's it's just it, for the people at home. What what temperature means it's cold outside to you? Uh, well, like to me, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's um. I think lately this January has been probably in the upper thirties, low forties. Generally, I think we've probably yeah. gotten into the upper forties uh, some days. But it's one of those. It's one of those. It's been one of those Januaries where it's cold. But it's really sunny outside, so it's a deceptive mm. cold. So it, it almost feels colder because you expect it to be warmer when you go outside. Ah, uh, yeah, I hear you. And not only yeah, that, but the, the sun is super low in the horizon, so it's, for, it's really bright. I this winter sun is so it hurts my eyes so much. Yeah, low winter sun. Yeah, AMC starring Mark Strong. Is that and a, is that, that a show? guy from The Walking Dead, who's actor's name i can't think of and whose character's name i can't think of but he's good this guy uh he was in snatch too 
Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lenny. Yeah, yeah. Lenny something. I know he exactly who you're talking about. He is a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually the so, only um, one in the movie Snatch who actually said the word Snatch. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, they're in the they're in the car with the dog and uh the dog oh, yes. the dog was like, you know, I think it either did or did not at that point eat the diamond, but uh Lenny turns around and goes, Oi, don't snatch to the dog. Ha <laughs> Um I am I am on season three now of Gotham. You're just cooking uh, along, still, aren't you? It's still all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of it. Uh, I I enjoy it. It is a weird like okay. The Batman continuum, right? Yeah. Uh, and we're just talking about the visual medium, although the comics, you know, have their own thing. Uh, there is a, a level of goofy um, kind of continuum. The high end level of Goofy, you've got the TV series and the and the nineteen, what is it, sixty six TV show? I think. Um, yes. I mean not the Batman TV show. Yeah, the TV show and the film uh, with the same characters: Adam West, right. Burt Ward, those guys. Uh, highly Goofy, highly stylized, camp almost, if you yes, will. Yes, yes, high camp. And then you have uh, the Dark Knight. Which is, um, you know, the Christopher Nolan thing. And that's really dark, right? And then you have sort of these things that are kind of in the middle. Tim Burton, right? Highly stylized, pretty goofy, but darker than the 1966 one. Uh, And then you have, you know, the uh, Batman and Robin. The Joel Schumacher Forever things. Which are, you know, weird and not like great. Um Blair and I and just I, Blair and I just watched Batman and Robin. Oh wow. What what why? <laughs> I know that's that's, <laughs> that's what everybody asks. Um we were we did this thing where we were um we're making our way through all of the Batman movies. Uh-huh. And uh we started with the first Tim Burton Batman. Because I had actually forgotten about the 1966 Batman movie until we were we'd already gone underway, so we and the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie is is one of my favorite movies, and and so we watched Batman and then Batman Returns like. Uh, like, you know, one we watched Batman one week and then Batman Returns the next week. And then it took us a couple months to watch Batman Forever, the first Joel uh-huh. Schumacher movie. And then it took us like a year to get around to watching Batman and Robin. Because, you know, we're just sitting around and we're like, well, you know, if we want to watch the Christopher Nolan movies, which are really great. <laughs> we, and, I, you know, I had never seen Batman and Robin. So I watched it, it oh. I, for the very first time just last week. Wow. Okay, well, well, that's going to be an interesting little time capsule. Uh, the the thing about Batman and Robin, and I'm serious about this, uh, I use that as sort of a hallmark of Hollywood realizing that they can put out uh, crap as long as it's tied to a franchise that people know, <laughs> and people will still go to see it, even if they hear it's bad, because they're not sure if it's as bad as the person says it is. Right. But, you know, that I know a lot of people are actively angry at that movie for almost killing the superhero genre when it comes yes. to cinematic films. Yes. But as and, we all know, and, the superhero genre is flourishing quite well. Yeah. And, and it's been the, the thing is, it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of things. People have kind of figured it out a little bit. Yeah. It's it's, you know, there's a fine line you got to walk kind of. Um, I'm still I'm still a big fan of the idea that um, animated uh, superhero movies can do well. And uh, of course, you know, Spider-Verse. Yeah, everybody, everybody uh, loves that. Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Um, but I'm thinking, like, for example, uh, 
Grant Morrison, uh, as you know, one of my favorite comic book writers. Uh, the Invisibles, uh, there's a deal with the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe, for it. Uh, they haven't done anything with it yet, but it should be happening sometime soon. Nah, well, you uh, never know. A lot of these, a lot of these deals are inked, and then they just get sat on for years. Yeah, I know, I know. But Happy would Happy uh, just came out recently, and it was doing pretty good. There's already a season two planned, I think. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Paul, is the case. Paul Goody says, "Oh no, <clears throat> my worst fears." <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, the 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 big thing for me with uh, the Invisibles, and I mentioned this on on Twitter, is that the Invisibles is very meta, right? It's got it. It's very self-aware, and does a l- like the author shows up in it. Um, he did it before in Animal Man. He does it again here. Who is a little who bit. does he think he is? Stephen King. Exactly. Wait, what? When does Stephen King show up in his Stephen, own book? Stephen King shows up in his own books all the time. Oh, man. Yeah. I, that mo- guy. Uh, I, I don't want to say most recently because I, I haven't read all of Stephen King's books, but um, he I know that he shows up in the Dark Tower series. Ah, okay. And does he say, hi there, it's me, Stephen <laughs> King, or it's, does he describe himself? <laughs> I have no idea. In a way that... I don't know. I haven't yeah. read it. And you know what? I, honestly, I don't even know if he does show up. That's just what Cole told me. Oh, I believe Cole. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Cole is sometimes wrong, but not often. <laughs> and when he is wrong, I, he usually admits it, from what I understand. So, well, he, you know. he's... He, 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 if he tells you something, he's not trying to deceive you. He actively believes what he's right, saying. Right, exactly. He he believes yeah. in what he says. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, but but anyway, what I was going to say is, with, with that in mind, um, any TV show that they make off of it, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad or whatever, they've made it kind of bulletproof in that way. That it will be a represent, it will be another iteration of this thing, that you and you don't have to adhere to it because it itself doesn't really adhere to yeah. itself or what I don't know exactly the best <laughs> way to describe it, but I'm looking forward to it anyway, even if it doesn't exist, which is possible. We uh, recorded a bunch of more podcasts at the comic book store, and of course, whenever I go to the comic book store, I I feel like I need to buy something. So, oh, sure. Um, and, and as you should. Yeah, Keep yeah. your local comic no, store totally. alive. Support your LCS, as they say. So yeah. I, um, I asked Chris, uh, my friend who is the manager there and who's also on the podcast, yes. if I should start reading um, The Sandman or Saga. Because ah, I haven't boy, read either uh, of those, but both of them have been very, I mean, they're both very influential books and very popular and very good from, my, yes. from what I understand. And um, he recommended Saga, but then he said, well, you should check out Manifest Destiny instead. And, oh, uh, ma- is Manifest Destiny, what is that? Manifest Destiny is what if Lewis and Clark were yeah. going towards the uh, West Coast, but they had secrets, um, uh, uh, secret instructions from the president to fight all these monsters that lived out there. So yeah, the reason I, the reason I I said yeah is because and this is true. Uh, Chris and I have met. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, if you went uh, if you ever went to, to the podcast, if you ever went to Comics Dungeon, yeah. he, he was probably working. And the reason I said what's that is because I was like, uh, Chris once recommended something to me that was about Lewis and Clark. I wonder if that's the thing, <laughs> and it was. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he recommended that, um, which I don't think I got. I think I got East of West instead. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then also Cursed Pirate Girl uh, oh, yeah. was something recommended for Betty, right? Uh, which she hasn't read, and it's in the basement now. <laughs> well, maybe she'll read it later. Maybe one of these days she'll dig it out. I also got uh, yeah, season yeah. two of Kaiju Max. <laughs> oh, which is uh, some kind of. Uh, Big monster fighting thing. It's a it's a um, prison drama with kaiju as inmates. Oh yeah, that's got to be crazy. Yeah, and kind of cool. Well, the next panel oh, right. is kaiju about kaiju. Aren't giant? They're they're giant monsters. Yeah, kaiju giant. are giant oh, monsters. I said giant. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. So Godzilla, um, etc. Is Godzilla in it? Uh, no, Godzilla specifically is not in it. Godzilla has his own, uh, or right. There is a comic titles. book uh, called Godzilla in Hell that I hear is pretty good. I've actually, but I haven't I've, read it. I've read the first issue. Uh, comic Sunshine actually had a variant cover specifically for Comic Sunjin, and it shows oh, wow. it shows Godzilla eating the space needle, which is pretty awesome. Nice. But it's all yeah. it's it's you should check it out. You could probably just read it within in five minutes while you're standing inside your local comic book shop. But you should buy it because it's great. Um, so it's it's called it's all uh No words? No words. Is it? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's our. Yeah, there's no words. Uh, there's uh, Godzilla just roars, and in many, uh, it's great because he just looks like an angry cat huh. as he's going through the uh, the levels of hell. It's pretty great. Check it out. All right. Yeah. 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 I will. Um, so yeah. Uh, the oh, here's a question for you. Uh, do we have? Any corrections? Uh, no, we don't. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Not as of yet, but it's not un- it's not unheard of for them to come in during the show. I do not believe that there is a plan for corrections, but I am going to check. All right. I am going to exit. Um, and oh yeah, I would say also um, Saga first, simply because it's shorter. Yeah. Uh, Sandman is good, but it is a long haul right right and i you know i only have so much shelf space no corrections i'm guessing oh there's one thing oh there is one thing she's just gonna but, tell uh, it to you are you guys almost done is that no 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 uh, well i was gonna if you want to just tell us you can tell us too. i will in, the, in a minute okay so you want me to leave and then come back Okay, Jennifer's going to come in. She says there's one thing we're going to, I think we're going to do it live. Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, and notice I'm not shouting we'll do it live. I'm not doing any of that, which is, <laughs> you know, uh, because I care about you and the people. Um, but yeah, so uh, getting back to, uh, basically, I figured out, I was, I was like, oh, I don't have time to to, to learn programming. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, yeah, all I need to do is not be on Twitter. Oh. And I have all this extra Don't be on Twitter. Don't time. watch TV. Don't read books. Just okay. spend all your time learning. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ben, hold on. You guys are talking about Brian Cranston. There yeah. being a problem with a casting decision. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The role is a quadriplegic man. Ah, and the movie is called The Upside, and it's about a billionaire guy who's quadriplegic, and people were criticizing him for accepting the role of a disabled person when there are plenty of disabled acting people in the world, which is true. Yes. But that's, and he says, <laughs> I like his answer. Oh, which to is? The criticism was he took the role. Um, it was a business decision. Yes. Indeed it is. Hmm. Yes, they are offering me the money. And I say, yes, please do give me the money. Business. And, and again, it goes, <laughs> this goes back to what I was saying at the time, which was, uh, if, you are, if you are in Los Angeles <clears throat> and you want an Irishman, you can find an Irishman to be in your movie. The only reason why you wouldn't use an Irishman is if you would want to, say, have Tom Cruise in your movie doing a bad Irish accent or perhaps doing a fine Irish accent. Oh, no. Although I have not seen that happen. I'm not saying that it's outside of the realm of possibility. It's not. It didn't happen. No. No, it was terrible. Are we talking about Far and Away? It just, yeah, it wasn't even, like, he couldn't even, he wasn't even doing a consistent accent of him. Like, <laughs> it's like just pick something and go with it. No, he's all over the place. <laughs> oh, he and he Kevin he Kevin Costnered it, did he? Ah, uh, well, I don't I don't know if I'd go that. Yes, 
Yes, it, I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because when we were done recording, I actually looked up the film that I had referenced because uh, initially I thought it, it might have been a, a biopic on FDR. But yeah, no, I, I saw, you know, I looked up the film and it's actually a remake of a French film, I believe. And ah. um, Trevor Noah has a great video on YouTube about um, about this whole thing. And where he was, where he was, um, at, at first his idea was, well, you got Brian Cranston, you're great, you've won, your movie's going to be great. And then he read something on the internet of where this guy who is disabled, I don't know if he's quadriplegic, but he's, he's paraplegic. And, and he says, look, I'm an actor, and so few times am I offered lead roles. And when I yeah. see something like this come around, I think... This might be my shot, and yet they give it to you know they give it to somebody who you know an able person who can play a disabled person because it can't go the other way around. You can't be a disabled person right. and play an able person. Um, say if you don't have the function of your legs. So so uh, but look at look this look this video up on uh, on YouTube. I'll actually put a link to it in the show notes. It's a it's a really thoughtful uh, piece by Trevor Noah, and it's like. It's like during the time before they start rolling the Daily Show, where he's just answering questions from the audience, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and he's you know I I don't really I gotta say I haven't really followed the Daily Show since John Stewart left, but uh, but Trevor Noah is really great. I gotta say that he's he's a really thoughtful, intelligent person, and so it's it's um, it's it's interesting watching him just speak eloquently off the cuff like that. Yeah, my my one criticism I had of Trevor Noah at one point in time, this was before The Daily Show started when I was just watching him as a stand-up, is that he does that thing that stand-ups kind of do when they're uh, on stage. <laughs> this is going to be dumb. This is going to sound dumb because of course they do this. Why wouldn't they do this? They tell jokes. That. I hate it when they tell jokes. What, well, they tell jokes about situations that they're in. And in the situations that they're in, they are 100% right. And the person that they're criticizing is 100% wrong. It, basically, they're, it's the person that they're, that they're up against. It's like... It's like in, um, okay, in Detroit Become Human, the game. Uh, minor spoiler for Detroit Become Human. It's not really that big of a spoiler. There's this character named Todd who's a big jerk. And Todd is horrible. <laughs> it's always a Todd, isn't and, it? And, and, his, and that's his character trait, that he's a bad guy. And that's it. And I saw a couple of routines that Trevor Noah did where, where it was like that, where the characters that he was interacting with in these stories he was telling ostensibly based on his life were really bad people or really stupid or really, you know, they had, they were a negative characteristic wrapped around a person. Right. Or rather, I suppose a thin veneer of a person wrapped around a negative characteristic. <laughs> and, uh, that I wasn't really like totally cool with that. Well, I'm wondering if um, in these stories that one person is just an amalgamation of many people. Of course, yes, highlight. of course they are. And 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 also it's one of those <laughs> things where where the joke it's an uncanny valley basically. The joke is so perfect and so funny and all that that you know it didn't happen that way. <laughs> that kind of thing. You 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 sort of um you sort of go through it and take it apart, and you realize, you know, what actually happened was something close to this. The comedian has figured out what they wish they would have said at the moment, and then they say that that's what they said. That basic kind of uh, revisionist history well, sort of thing. Yeah. Then that's what it felt like I don't like know. To if me. it's funny, I have no problem with that. I mean, I don't... I'm not taking uh, a stand-up comedian's set as, you know as truth as told to that person you know yes. they Although, they well, work see, things that you know they work things in different rooms and they figure out what makes it funny and and that's that's how you become a stand up 
the 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 thing I guess that makes it work for me are the things that um there are people who are able to tell a story and lots of times it's them doing something bad or them <laughs> messing up in some way in a in a way that yeah. feels more genuine Self- in a way that doesn't hinge on the other person being uh right like handing them this opportunity for them to uh, cut them down. There is like, and so I said to them right. this, and what they say is the perfect, most devastating thing. There, oh, oh, I know there, what it is. It's like the. Um, oh, sorry, God. There does seem to be something more genuine when a comedian has a self-effacing routine. Yes. As opposed to a comedian being the smart a routine where they present themselves as the smartest person in the room. That's right. Um and and the the one thing of course is I, I forget exactly what the the internet meme or story or whatever that went around uh where there's a professor who writes on the blackboard that there is no God and he'll give uh someone fifty dollars if they can prove that God exists or whatever. And he's like smirking at the class and mocking them and eventually this uh guy stands up and says god wasn't available so he sent the marines and punches the guy in the face or whatever you know what i'm talking about I have no I, no i've never heard of this okay okay i i know i'm getting details wrong probably but it's it's one so of wait, those this things student of, of, was a former marine and he punched the professor and so this is supposed to be a pro god right. meme Right, exactly. God <laughs> God wasn't available, so they sent the Marines. Um, okay. Like that. Or or the thing where, you know, um, the, the person uh, is... The atheist says to the little girl that she, he'll give her a candy bar if she can prove that God exists. And the little girl says something like, I know that God is great. And I don't even need your stinking candy. And everyone cheers. And, you know, those... It's always... <laughs> it's 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 something that gets sent around... If it's not anti-intellectual... Uh, email. If, if it's not anti-intellectual, i.e. a Marine punching a professor, then it's a precocious yeah. child who happens yeah, to have, exactly. the, uh, you know, the world's, you know, uh, the knowledge of the world... Or... And the thing that the thing that's bad about this, of course, is that um, it makes those of us who do have interesting and funny children uh, <laughs> suspect whenever we write something that they say people remember these strangely eloquent children uh, and go, well, this is obviously a made up thing, which can drive some parents crazy. When you tell them that their kid didn't say that thing. Yeah, you know what I say? Uh, you know what I'm going to say to those parents? What's that? Don't worry about what other people think. Oh, uh, yes. You know this this unnamed parent might, you know, you know, knows that their their child is pretty smart and clever person. And oh, it's so... not me, Ben. Just so you know, it's <laughs> I I already know all that. And and plus the stuff that the the anecdotes that I normally have are weird enough that other parents recognize them and say, yes, it's true. But, uh, but you know, the people who are like, um, I, I, I was sitting in the living room the other day and my child, North, came up to me and said, Mother, why is it that the Congress of the United States and the President of the United States, people who ostensibly are supposed to be having our best interests at heart, seem to only be fighting amongst themselves and not ending this gridlock that they're in. (laughs) And I said, North, I don't know. And he said, perhaps when I am your age, mother, people will be smarter. You know, that kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, even if he did say it. Something something you might find in the margins of a reader's digest. Exactly, yes. Um, Even if it is true, I I don't know if I want to hear about it whereas you know your child saying uh 
when you die, I want all of your flesh to be melted off of your skeleton so I can put it in my room. That's a that's an interesting <laughs> story. When you die, I want your body say. rendered and your you, the, the leftovers made yes. into a slushy. Father, have you heard of a story called Oil of Dog? Because that's what I want to happen to us. <laughs> Nothing like that. Um, but still, it's uh, it's good. Um, so yeah, the 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 precociousness of children is wonderful. Uh, and the only thing that I am kind of sad about is that, uh, kids say the darndest things, uh, isn't on TV anymore because I think it would do really well. (laughs) I think part of it is like those kids sometimes gave up some stuff that's, pretty you know not salacious necessarily but you know makes makes the parents squirm a little bit and i think that might be part of it <laughs> daddy why do you keep like, hitting mommy when she's drinking you know no. <laughs> no no but yeah 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 uh what's what's your what's your grandfather's favorite profession or favorite possession his bong and like everyone <laughs> yeah. claps or whatever and Grandpa's like, oh, oh, and it's uh, and it's Tommy Chong, and everybody gets a good laugh because, <laughs> hey, we didn't know that that was his grandpa. You know, it'd be nice. I think it would go well. Internet culture uh, with kids is very interesting. I think that's why we don't have kids say the darndest things is because we have the internet. Yeah, and you can read about the 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 darndest things that kids say you know anywhere you go did you see that thing and i i i i think we might have talked about where the where the uh the kid is trying to convince uh the parents that it goes one two three five and they keep trying to get her to say four no and she won't do it and she's like one two three five and they're like, no, it's one, two, three, four. And eventually the mom like explains to her that it's one, two, three, four in a way that the kid understands. And the dad's just like barreling forward trying to get her just to say it. And uh, Is this an actual thing, thing or like an allegory for something? Yeah. No, no, it's an actual thing. It's an actual YouTube clip. Uh, and and you know, everyone is like, wow, you know, that's that's crazy. And me, I'm thinking, what is this kid trying to tell her parents <laughs> by omitting four? And I figured it out. Uh, she's listing prime numbers. <laughs> and and <clears throat> the parents just don't get it. No, but this kid is like, uh, you know, very, very little. Almost pre-verbal, but of course not because she's talking. Um, but yeah, and it gets shared with a lot of people. People love it, and that's the kind of stuff that I find interesting. You know, what is it that people like? And one of the things people like is kids being wrong and kids hurting themselves. Yeah, kid, I'm not kid, saying kids falling are, over is uh, really funny for some reason. I mean, you know, if they if they're not like seriously hurt, right? right. Like, I don't you want, want to be a okay. kid like get a broken arm or anything like that. But you know, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Cats fighting other cats is funny, as long as it's not too bad. Yeah, Again, just, just what, batting each other. That's pretty funny. But that woman getting her face clawed up by her cat wasn't funny, <laughs> but it was extremely popular. I don't uh, think I've seen this one. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This This woman is trying to get this cat away from another cat or from her or something and she kicks snow on it and the cat just launches itself at her face oh, well, and grabs onto it. Oh, well, she deserved that. Well, yeah. I think everybody said so. There's a But uh, uh, still it's There's a number of clips out there. One I'm thinking of specifically is it's on like a playground of some sort and this this little girl who's probably, I don't know, 6 or 7 uh just goes up and like just starts kicking this cat Cat gets up oh, and, no. and starts chasing the girl, and the girl like does a face plant into a sandbox. 
Oh, no. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, the cat didn't really get hurt because it's like a six-year-old and yeah. doesn't have very good aim. And the girl doesn't get hurt because she fell over in a sandbox. Right. But still, does the cat uh, then run run away? Cat or? ran away, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then there's, of course, the famous woman who's stomping grapes who falls and hits her face oh on something. God, that one's terrible. And makes that noise. Oh, that's terrible. And, and, it's... and yet, there's something so appealing about it. Well, I mean, the thing about that... Like, like pe- people love sharing it and yeah, all that. The, the thing about that clip, though, is like, it's a... Re- it went viral because it's such a weird noise that this woman makes when she falls off camera. Yes. But she seriously hurt herself. Which is why she made the weird noise. You know, it's it's this weird counterintuitive I, kind of... I don't remember exactly what happened, but she, like, broke her nose or, like, shattered a cheekbone or something. Yeah, or, yeah, Or, like, yeah. broke an ankle. It was, it was, um... Yeah, if you read into that, it's just, it's awful. Have you seen Patriot yet? It, uh, is that a movie? Oh man, uh, Amazon Prime. You, do you have Amazon? I do Prime? have Amazon Prime, but I have not seen oh, it. Oh Ben, you should watch Patriot. Stephen McCandless will tell you too. How do you it's, find the time to watch all these TV shows? I'm not reading comics. <laughs> um, no, I mean that's a lot of times. That's what I do for a weekend. Uh, during a weekend, is I watch a lot of a lot of TV. Like I will watch. An entire TV show over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Wow. And, and, like, I can draw during that time, too. I often don't, but I can. Yeah. And that's, you know, good enough sometimes. <clears throat> so I've not seen uh, Patriot. But, oh, it's so good, Ben. It's really it's really good. I recommend it. You should totally I watch think, it. You know, there's so many TV shows and movies that I need to watch. I just, I, uh, one of these days I'll find the time. Yeah, okay. I understand. But seriously, Ben, you should see Patriot. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping. Uh, but no, because there's stuff I'd like to talk to you about with it. That uh, it sounds like a it, so- it sounds like a um, uh, like a TV show based on a book by a writer who writes. I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, the guy who wrote The Hunt for Red October. He wrote Patriot. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Patriot Games. That's why I'm thinking of trying to think of him. Yeah, Patriot is not that. <laughs> it doesn't have Harrison Ford running around uh, foiling the Russians. No, no. Are the Russians the bad guys? That I... submarine is my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh... I didn't sink my wife. I don't care. <laughs> um, no, but it's 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 totally it's. Totally good, totally worth it. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. All right, enough about um, that, though. Okay. Also, Ben, <laughs> uh, we, you and I, have yet to talk about the second thing that we ever did for Spin the Bottle. We've talked about the first thing. Oh, yeah. What is the second thing? Do you know? Uh, I am actually going to cheat on this and look it up because uh, it's something that we uh, very specifically are going to be talking about. I will allow it. All right. So the first thing we did on June 2nd, 2000 was uh, Improv Slideshow, which we talked about in an episode long yep. ago. Uh, the second thing yes, we ever indeed. did was from April 7th, 2001, and it was Nice Guys and Fast Women. Oh, one of my favorites. Which we revisited oh. during our very last live Spin the Bottle appearance. 18 years ago, Ben. Almost. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's so crazy. All right. So uh, this is this is what I remember. Um, the idea... The idea was... And we did this a couple of times. Uh... We had a script uh, that was longer. Yeah. And somehow when it was printing, it got cut off. Or on the screen, it was cut off or whatever. Um, And so the script, even though it was much, much, much longer, uh, was we never talk anymore. 
you're right. And then that was it. And this is something we did several times. Uh, and I, I, I thought it was great every single time where we were like, wouldn't it be funny if we just did that? Or, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we did this instead? Or wouldn't it be funny if? Right. And any any one of those times that we said to ourselves, wouldn't it be funny if, it was always ended up better than what it was we were actually going to do. Right. I mean, that... that and this is the first instance of that. Right. Uh, that's a nice story, but the, the, the truth about how that script came about is a little bit different. Oh, no! Yeah, no. Um, oh, no. The script was, I've been telling that story for years. The script is something longer, is something longer that I wrote... And um, and I I can't rem- oh. I can't remember if I posted it somewhere. I probably like posted it on like Blogspot or something. And it was just a rumination on relationships, and it was dumb and lame. And um, oh wait wait wait, you didn't write it for Goody Lawrence. No, I just I just wrote it, and then you saw it, yeah. and you emailed me and said we should just do this, or and, and then just the first two lines. Yeah, and so we ended up doing that. But the well, that's but the the lesson learned there to the story. But you're correct though in that the lesson learned there was that um, uh, the wouldn't it be funny if we just did X? Wouldn't it be funny if we just did this? Did come out yeah. of that because we we often would write something that was longer or more convoluted or difficult, and it's like you know what, let's just do this, and it ended up being funnier. And it really comes down to, and I think that that we maybe haven't articulated this to each other, but I think we're both on the same page. We think about the audience sitting there, right? Yeah. And what what they would want to see. And lots of times what they want to see is something that's shorter than the thing that they just saw, for whatever reason. So, Uh, (laughs) okay, so um, so, uh, we gave Bruce... An intro to read for us. Oh, and this is a uh, for those who don't know Bruce Hall, uh, long-standing uh, host, MC, whatever you want to say of Spin the Bottle. Uh, just a warm, like the closest thing to I, I've often said, if there were going to be another Mister Rogers, right? Boaz Frankel or Bruce Hall, those are the two guys <laughs> who I see as being like warm and you know like very open yeah. very open yeah people he's a very he's a very easy presence yes and uh so we gave bruce uh, an intro and i'm going to read that intro for you now oh perfect paul goody moved to seattle in may of 1999 with a simple dream to write the definitive american one-act stage play and perform it at annex theater's spin the bottle only one thing stood in his way the self-proclaimed gatekeeper of seattle late night fringe theater benjamin lawrence many (laughs) careers have been born by ben's endorsement even more have been obliterated by a stroke of his mighty pen but as we all know Beneath Ben's gruff exterior is a heart of gold. Soon the two became good friends. When Paul asked Ben for permission to adapt one of Ben's own works and perform it at Spin the Bottle, Ben characteristically replied, Kid, if you're going to rip my rotten soul off a piece of paper and expect folks to eat it, I'm the son of a bitch that's going to make the gravy. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) please enjoy the Annex Theater's world premiere of Ben Lawrence and Paul Goody's Nice Guys and Fast Women. And then lights out, lights up, Paul and Ben stand center, wearing overalls and cowboy hats. They each hold a piece of hay in their mouths. There's a long pause. Paul, this is your line. You spoke the first line. Uh, we never talk anymore. Long pause. Ben. Yep. An even longer pause. Uncomfortably long. After a while, the lights eventually dim. <laughs> And here's here, here's a here's a fun tidbit. At that time, Joe Bowling, do you remember Joe Bowling? I do remember Joe Bowling. Joe Bowling, a theater critic, a very interesting guy, a coin collector. Uh, I I always remember saved a buck by buying a whole bunch of stuff and making a stew and then freezing it and then just eating that for a long period of time. So Joe Bowling would come to spin the bottle and he would write a review about every single act. And he came to this one. 
And so here's his review. Oh, no. Next were Paul Gowdy and Ben Lawrence doing a skit (laughs) called Nice Guys and Fast Women. It had nothing to do with either. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That was his review. Oh, that's that's good. You know, I wish I had known about that because besides too goofy to hate, yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with either is a great pull quote. Yeah. About yeah. I just recently oh, found man. this because I um I went back and finally completed the uh, the Goody Lawrence archive at goodylawrence.com. Dowdy How is Dowdy spelled? G O U D Y. Oh, Gowdy. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said Paul Dowdy. I'm like, wait a Paul second. D- no, uh, it's 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 how he thinks Goody is spelled. Yeah, which is you know, um, and I've seen worse. My name is misspelled as well, so he got both of us wrong. <laughs> as well, he should. Um, oh, one other thing I do remember, uh, even though it says cowboy hats in the uh, in the direction. I believe that you ended up wearing a straw Tom Sawyer type hat. Yeah, I uh we yeah, because we, there was not I think we we I don't think there were two cowboy no, hats. No, we we just found some uh straw hats from uh Yeah. from the Annex costume shop. That's right. Yeah, we wore overalls. I think we might have even been barefoot. And I think the overalls I could be totally wrong with about this, but I think the overalls May not have been denim. I don't. I believe, I believe that they were purchased specifically for the show, and that we had a hard time finding actual denim overalls. <laughs> uh, because we hadn't thought of going to Sears. Which, by the way, Ben, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I heard, but Sears is going out of business, Ben. Yeah. And it they, uh, it's all it's all thanks to you, Paul Goody. I apologize to Jennifer, uh, who will be listening to this podcast, <laughs> for once again reminding her of the complete maniac I was one time at a Sears. Uh, she she and I discussed this, and she said it sounds like you don't know that you were doing anything wrong, and I I will say that my behavior was not um productive yeah uh the thing i said to her at the time was i did not lose my temper until i realized that keeping myself calm was doing no good (laughs) or something to that effect um but yeah yeah so i i had a we we don't have to get into it um i i had a grudge against sears and uh, I famously boycotted them uh, because I was mad at them. Yeah. So and you, now they're out of business. You never set foot into a Sears at all after that uh, rice cooker incident? Um, I did. Uh, I was looking for a washer and dryer, but I did it specifically mm. because my dad wanted to go in there, and I had no intention of actually getting one, yeah. and I didn't. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I, For the people who don't know about it, I bought a rice cooker, pfft. bought an extended warranty. I asked, do I need to keep the receipt for this extended warranty? They said no. I came back in with the rice cooker because it broke after two weeks. And then a different person than the person who had told me not to keep the receipt said, oh, well, the extended warranty hasn't kicked in yet. So I do need the warranty. I mean, I do need the receipt to replace it for you now. Right. And I was like, I, I can't, um, I don't have it. And when I lost my temper was at this point in time, they took my credit card number, they looked up my credit card in their machine, and they said, uh, there is no record of you ever making this purchase here. Uh, at which point I became upset. Yeah, uh, and that's understandable. And, uh, and I and I apologized again to my family I, <laughs> for the hardship that I put them through, and that, uh, that you keep reminding be, them of it. Because yeah, I was year after I was year. loud and and uh, I and it was uncalled for. I've lost. My, I caused a scene. I've only lost my temper once, and as a customer, uh, once. And I'll tell that story in a bit. But 
I want to say that uh, the Sears, um, the reason Sears is going out of business is an interesting case study in how not to run a company. Now, I'm not going to run through it again, but it's basically yeah. like the upper management pit the Sears employees against one another in t instead of having everybody work as a team. And I think it had something to do with bonuses Oof. or performance. And so the quality of Sears customer service went down the drain. And I think you experienced that firsthand. Yes. Um, I'm, and again, I, I used to work for Sears and customer service was a big deal yeah. for them. And I, blah, blah, blah. I, so yeah, look, look up, uh, there's a number of uh, YouTube videos that document this and a number of in interesting case studies. I think it's even taught in business schools these days. However, um, before the internet, one of the ways I told my parents what I wanted for Christmas was I circled them in, I circled these toys inside of a Sears catalog. So uh, a fond memory I have is leafing through the this th it's like a phone book thick Sears catalog. Oh yeah, and oh, and just yeah. circling all the toys that I wanted and some you know nothing I didn't get everything. Than looking I circled, at all but, the stuff. Yeah. So uh, oh. yeah, but there was one day my 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 being a terrible customer person. Um, back in a long time ago, the uh, there was a liquor store in Wallingford. And now it's an Archie McPhee, but uh, when I lived there, it was it was like a you know Washington State liquor store, and this is back when you had to buy hard liquor from uh, from the state of Washington. from the state of Washington, and at specific this, stores. At this time, I was also the concessions manager for Annex. Yes, and as a nonprofit, we received a tax exemption. For alcohol, and I had a piece of paper that says I am buying this alcohol for a nonprofit. Please do not charge me sales tax on it. And I was told, yes. take this to the liquor store, and you won't have to pay sales tax. So I had a, I had a list of things I wanted to buy, and I filled up a shopping cart. I probably it was like a hand basket, and yeah. and went to the front and had it rung up. And I gave them this little piece of paper that says I am buying this for. Annex Theater, which is a registered 501c3 nonprofit. And they didn't believe, the cashier didn't believe me. And the cashier was going to charge me sales tax, even though I had this piece of paper, because I couldn't prove, <laughs> this is the funny part, I couldn't prove I was actually buying it for Annex, even though I had this piece of paper. It's like an official blue, you know, piece of paper, yeah. whatever. Oh, oh, she's saying you, you might just be buying this for yourself? Exactly. Using and a, this blue piece and a, of because paper. I, because I was using it. I was using my own credit card. I wasn't using an Annex oh. Theater credit card. Because at gotcha. the time, Annex Theater, I don't think, had a credit card. Had a credit card. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, 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 I went back and forth, and I could feel myself just getting red in the face. And so I'm like, fine. And I walk out, and I'm like, I am never shopping here again. And I, <laughs> and I walk out the store. And that ended up not being true. <laughs> I, of course, yeah, well, I, of course, went back. Well, but um, I just prayed that they didn't recognize me. Because I would hate to get up to the front to buy, like a, a, like, a bottle of bourbon or something. And the person behind the counter going, oh, I thought you were never coming back into the store again. <laughs> but fortunately... Wait, did you... So, wait, did you make the purchase with... No, I didn't. I left everything tax? there. I, I, left the, oh, I left the basket. Yeah. I just walked out. Yeah, that's the one thing about when the state is controlling the sale of liquor, you can't really say, "Right, I'm never coming back here again." Yeah, I, I don't think I think I I I went to um, I had to buy the booze, obviously, so I just went to a different store. And um, speaking about having to buy the booze, hey Betty, jeez, oh, I just went to a different store. I can't remember if at this different store I uh, tried to use the piece of paper or if I just decided to to F it and, and not deal with the hardship. But fortunately for me, that, that liquor store soon left and it became an Archie McPhee. So I could, I could go back into that store with a clean conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's an Archie McPhee. Now. It's an Archie of McPhee. Course. But every time I go in there, I think I, I'm just embarrassed by my behavior. I love Archie McPhee. And also, uh, Betty is not coming. I don't know if she's, Hey, Betty, but Betty, uh, it's a podcast. <laughs> I, she's she's done with us. I tell you, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. This is 
It's going to be the end. Hello, podcast people. Hey, buddy. Um, so, uh, what's new? None much. Betty, I just have a question for you. What's your favorite video game right now? Hmm. She's making a face. She's thinking. That's a weird hmm, name for a video game. That's really hard. Um, it's, I think uh, I've broken her brain. It's probably <laughs> either Gris or Detroit Become Human. Yet. Ah, Gris or be- Detroit Become Human. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Bye. So there you go. That's what the kids are into All right. these days. Um, and so, Ben, with that... With that? Hey, we're at the end. I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you, my friend, should keep it wrong. Oh, and you know what I say to you? Keep it wrong. Oh, the, thanks, Ben. The exact same I thing. I will. All right. And I'll talk to you more later. All right, take care. Yep, yep. Uh, bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Are we? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Bye. in. And now I hang up the phone and also hang this up.